0: So, you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. If this is your first one, don't make this your first one. I promise, I promise it won't serve you. (laughs) Don't do that. And if you are in that place where you can't handle anyone's bad news, no matter how, no matter what, um, then save this one Um, because it's going to be a tale of darkness and light. (laughs) Um, But there's some real darkness. So um, I'm completely like permission to pop out of this right away, granted. And if you want to hang with me, this is going to be... I have pulled over. It is a Thursday morning at 10.03 AM. I'm staring into the woods in a park all by myself in that place of like, it's been too long since I've talked to you. Uh, a friend I adore was like, what is even up with you? Because you're not on social media. I don't even know. And I was like, oh, if (laughs) people, people are actively looking for updates and I'm not giving them, um, So this is going to be a bit of a bumble. This is not a, my God, there are such clear lessons with bullet points. And also, um, I'm committed to that being okay. That is, so this is the most vulnerable work that I do. Um, if any of this sounds easy, (laughs) um, I mean, I, I have a lot of years of experience being vulnerable online and just making myself do the thing when I'm ready. Um, but this is a a next level. I would like to first shout out to the Reverend Denise, who was in Lit, <laughs> who uh, we were doing some sort of exercise, and she was like, thank you for listening to me, Bumble, which was such a perfect... Like it all made sense, but it wasn't a very, it wasn't a straight line. So this is not going to be a straight line. This is a bumble. And thank you for that word, Denise. Um, I want to tell you a story about Bruce Springsteen. I want to tell you a story about my mom and I want to connect those two stories to 2023. I love that. I say there are no bullet points. And then I'm like, here's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I contain multitudes. So first, and if you've heard this story before, you're welcome. It's a fucking fantastic story. Um, It is, I'm trying to think of the year because times that it's pandemic. So it's that blurry. It had to have been 2021 because it was fall and it wasn't 2020. and It wasn't 2022. So fall 2021. At long last, the Great White Way, which is Broadway, Why is it called The Great White Way? Um, Probably racist. I don't know. Uh, The Great White Way. I'm going to stop saying that. Broadway in New York City, Broadway, is reopening after pandemic. Um, It's just sort of shut down and there needs to be a kicker offer person. And so uh, Bruce Springsteen is called upon to redo his show, Springsteen, on Broadway. And it is opened with the most strict COVID protocols... I have ever witnessed. Um, so you everyone had to be vaccinated. You had to have a mask on. Um, they checked for everything like that. If you had a beverage and you were sipping it, your mask had to be on in between sips, and there were people pointing and making sure that that happened. So as an audience to walk into, everyone in the room has to remain seated, because we're in a theater, and the te- the seats were built for people in like 1910, Okay. Americans are not the size of people in 1910 at this point. So we're all kind of cramped. Like my knees are touching the seat in front of me. I'm five, six and my knees are touching the seat in front of me. Tiny space, cramped masks on. Um, Bruce says it's going to be, a well, they announced it's going to be a two and a half hour show and no intermission. We know this. <laughs> we know this. <laughs> this is what Bruce does. Um, and the job is he has to both be exciting, be a show, be two and a half hours, but he can't go full arena because he's he, then we'll be out of our seats. And if he gets us out of our seats, he loses control and it's chaos. He can't do that. So he has to perform all of it but seated, which is such a challenge. And the guy beside me, his name is Paul. He's from Canada. I'm there by myself. Tickets are too fucking expensive to take anyone that doesn't want to pay a lot of money to be there. Sitting beside Paul. He's from Canada. He has flown in like a from way northern Canada. And he tell, he shows me pictures of his kids and his wife. He has a new baby. He's so excited and he says, you know, I don't know. I think maybe maybe if he plays my hometown, I'll cry. I haven't cried in a few years. <laughs> And my interior (laughs) is going off because it's okay. You're not going to cry. Perfect. Or you don't know if you're going to cry. That's amazing. So we have, we make some chatter. It's really, really lovely. And then Bruce begins. And I don't know where it is. It's somewhere around the time that he talks about losing Clarence, which obviously, if you're not into Bruce Springsteen lore, um, I'll fill you in. Clarence was his saxophone player. He called him the big man. He was... I don't know exactly how tall Clarence was. He was very large, very black. They were very best friends from a very... Um, fairly early age, like early 20s. Um, And Clarence died about 10 years ago. So when he's talking about Clarence... And I don't remember what song he sings afterward. Um, he takes... I've definitely told you this story and it's important. He takes the fists of his hands and he wipes them. He doesn't ever use a tissue. He just wipes his eyes. And I'm like, oh my God, is Bruce Springsteen crying? (laughs) (laughs) The way that he gets people to emote – or to feel deeply is that he feels deeply. He just goes first. That's the big trick. It's not, I can do it so beautifully that everyone in the room cries, but I feel nothing or I feel less. It's, I feel the most. And as a result, you have no choice but to feel along with me. That's why you're here. So something happens in that room because Bruce has opened up the space for like crying is absolutely okay. Crying is part of what we're doing here. And that is an energetic invitation. And everyone is so respectful of Bruce because we're we're within – we're very close relative to like an arena. We're very close. The theater isn't bigger than just the mosh pit would be in an arena. And there's this soft crying sound. And the only way – the only time I've ever heard that sound anywhere else is at a funeral when someone is giving a eulogy – And everyone in the crowd is trying to cry quietly, but not lose their shit, wail, um, blow their nose, um, make bodily noises of crying, you know, like heaving, sobbing, those sorts of noises. But the whole room is devastatedly crying. (laughs) And after, at that point, it was a year and a half of pandemic and isolation and the protocols and the vaccination and the, is this ever going to end? That sense of, is this ever going to end? And the complete lack of being able to relate to people in a really deep way and the total, the hedging of like, I'm okay. Are you okay? I'm okay. You're okay. You're okay. I'm okay. We kind of played that game for a long time. There's a total release that happens. Everyone is just allowed to let it go. It's one of the single most beautiful experiences I've had in my lifetime to cry along with Bruce Springsteen. We basically had a cry along. That's not how it's billed as Bruce <laughs> Springsteen on Broadway. That wouldn't sell the seats. But at the end of the show, I look over at Paul and Paul has been crying so hard. Paul, who was maybe not going to cry. He's been crying so hard. That his, his like the, the, the place where your bag's under your eyes, that everyone has, you know, um, over the age of 18, they're just filled with tears. He has little puddles on his face of his tears. And it's so, it's so beautiful. that he got exactly what he came for. He came to feel and he got to feel. And that's my Bruce story. And since that time... I was like, oh my God, my job is not to not cry. My job is not to not feel. My job is to feel, but to be able to speak or talk or communicate through the tears. This is a revelation for me. Because I've spent my whole life avoiding tears instead of just like, listen, tears are not the problem. Your reaction to the tears, making them wrong, making them bad, making yourself wrong, making yourself bad. That's the actual fucking problem. And if we eliminate that and say, great, you have tears coming down your face. That's a neutral statement. You have tears coming down your face. There isn't anything bad about that statement. It's like saying that the trees have leaves. The trees have no leaves. I don't have an inherent, my God, the trees are bad because they don't have leaves right now. It's simple facts, right? So I practice learning to let myself cry in such a way that it's not a big deal. It doesn't have to come from a place where I'm all worked up. It doesn't have to make its way up from the depths of my soul. If tears need to come, then tears can come and I can breathe deeply. I can slow down and I can speak through them. That's really important for story number two that we're moving into, which is my mom. And this is the part you were trigger warning about. And also there's a, yeah, I can't couch any more than that. So I get a, uh, I get a phone call from mom. The ironies here. I want to, I want to really sink into the ironies here. I am going to teach a workshop, um, I have a workshop called The Imaginarium. You can come to it. It's in Dublin in May of next year. And it's all about reimagining your life from the inside out. Letting go of what doesn't work, adding in more things that work, and doing it all in a really playful, joyous, not heavy, not miserable, not slog kind of a way. And... so it's the day before the work. It's the day of the workshop. I've already checked into the Airbnb. Everything is all set up. The music is ready. The notes are ready. The curriculum has been (laughs) worked into oblivion. (laughs) Um, the women are in the area, but they haven't yet checked in. And so I go to get some lunch, sit down, enjoy. I get a phone call from mom. Uh, the phone only goes one way, so it's shocking when I get a phone call from mom. It is never good news. I always answer, like, hello, who died? It's, it's never good when mom calls. She calls. She says that they have found, they, the doctors, have found a four-inch grapefruit-sized tumor in her colon. The irony is that I had just done breathwork that morning, and I was like, I am so clear. Like, I am so good. I am so ready for this there is so much energy freed up I've been doing so much work this year I am so fucking ready for this right it's a workshop that I think we're going into no it's your mom has cancer and there's a workshop so I let that news sink in there's been a lot of tears over the last few weeks about um, mom has colon cancer Uh, about two weeks ago I guess it was now uh, an update arrives. Mom has not just colon cancer, but two other forms of cancer that are. I mean, she's at this point, she's basically riddled with cancer, and um, that's all the information that's given. That there's there. She will need surgery, but there's no date. She will need chemo and radiation, but there are no dates. She will need treatments, but there are no dates. Nothing has a date, and it's been a few weeks now, and that hasn't changed. I said that with remarkably fewer tears than I thought I would. Okay. So there are these two things happening. One, I want to do my best, most amazing, most joyous, most beautiful work in 2023. I'm committed to that regardless of what happens. And I had stopped business coaching, but just by following my intuition, like it's time for that to end. That ends on March 1st. And then people always ask the follow-up question, well, what's coming next? What's next? Why did you stop? Why did you... And they always think, like, um, is something bad? Is something wrong? Is that... Um, the two reasons I'm giving are, one, it feels like it's time, honestly. It just feels like I need to do something different. And I always honor that. Because if I push past it, things get ugly and weird in my energy, in my in my interior alignment and congruence. Um... And I don't know. And then we add in mom, which I don't know is a really scary thing to say about what are you going to do for your business next year. And I'm really like, I don't know. I have some ideas, but nothing nothing has presented itself as this is the one. Here it is. Here we go. This is how it works, which is usually how my work shows up. It usually shows up with a very clear like, here I am. And then I do that thing. And it's hard to vision 2023 when I know that I'm an only child who lives three hours from my mother and I will be called upon to do things, right? I don't know what those things are. I don't know when those things are. I don't know how intense those things will be. I don't know when surgery is. I don't know when radiation and chemo are. I don't know how much mom will be comfortable with me taking care of her also I'm a really shitty caregiver like I'm an Enneagram four I have no Enneagram two in me whatsoever if you're an Enneagram person um I caregive emotionally and I care give energetically and I caregive mentally all the time but physical world is the very hardest for me um so I don't know how this is gonna go but it's gonna be challenging because it's not a place where I have an amazing skill set like, make dinner, wash dishes, clean bodies, those sorts of activities. um, They're hard for me, (laughs) let alone for me plus others, which is why I don't have kids. (laughs) And so there's this, there's this like, ah, what's next year going to look like free fall um, in which I probably lose my mom next year. That feels like... Intuition wise, that felt that feels true. I don't want that to be true, but it feels true. So (laughs) the plans for 2023 are be there with mom as much as I can. And also there's a real fear that her death, I mean, there's going to be some dissent, right? um there's going to be some, there has to be grief there has to be there's going to be there's all sorts of darkness mixed up in death um there's all sorts of yeah it's it's the dark place it's not the place of birth it's the, the place of death is like deep underground right it's not um, it's not a particularly joyful prospect is how i would put 2023 if like the vision is yeah just I'm like, are you with me? And I'm like, of course you're with me. You are an only child with a dying mother. And I'm like, 2023 is going to look pretty difficult. Like, that seems self-explanatory. I'm trying to find, like, nuance and subtlety, but it's really that simple. And, excuse me. So, I had these days that I I spent, I, I marked these days off. You're in one of these days right now. Months ago of, like, this is when the new things come. This is when the visioning comes. And this is when whatever work needs to happen for next year arrives. I have days and days and days. Obviously, I hadn't planned on this news. In addition to having these days of space I made for myself, obviously. (sighs) So here's where it comes full circle. I want 2023 to be the most joyous of my life how the fuck are we gonna do that and this is where I'm so vulnerable this is the most vulnerable part actually Um, this is where Bruce comes back in Every time I see Bruce Springsteen in concert, I am reminded at a fundamental level to chase the life force, to enjoy being alive, to enjoy other humans, to enjoy the power of music, of sound, of bodies, and particularly, his particular magic is bodies in a room. Whether it's a few hundred or 60,000. Bodies in a room. He's amazing with bodies in a room. So what if in addition to caregiving for mom next year i make it a point to see bruce as many times as i can afford plus a little more because afford is a relative term and if i really push myself <laughs> the answer is 6 times i want to see bruce 6 times in 2023 i want to build my whole work schedule around seeing bruce 6 times in 2023 and I want, no matter what's happening with mom, I want to be able to say, I'll be right back. Go and come back filled up, restored. Because I've been very clear about my past with mental health. And I don't want to just descend into the pit of depression and despair. Um I want to be able to go away from mom for a few days, come back and tell her stories. I want to be able to go back and to go out and gather the most beautiful things I possibly can from everywhere I go and then shower my mom with, here are macaroons from Paris. Here are tiny trinkets from Amsterdam. Here is something gorgeous that I brought you from Dublin. Here is something I picked up in New York City. Like I want to be able to go and gather gifts for her and to allow her to live a little bit vicariously through me and my wanderings as she makes her recovery. So I'm telling you because... I know two things about next year. Ooh, I do know two things. One, aside from the fact that I wanted to be joyous, I know two things about my work and next year. One, um, I'm really interested, like, like uh, it's like a person is a magnet when they're speaking and I lean forward. If we're talking about the places where, oh, in particular a woman, has been called crazy, delusional, unrealistic. Um, Any place a woman has been told she's been getting too big for her britches, she has a big head, she's out there, she's not connected to reality. She's Because when I lean forward with those... Every time that I ask those questions of people that I've met, like, and then what happened? Well, I was told I was crazy. And then what happened? The thing that I said was going to happen, happened. (laughs) I was told I was crazy and that couldn't be done. And then what happened? Oh, I did the thing. I was told that that was stupid and ridiculous and would never work. And then what happened? It was amazing. It was wonderful. And it completely worked. I want to reclaim our ability to imagine beyond being called delusional or being called crazy, being called weird, being called names. It's really not a big deal to be called crazy. It just means that you're outside of the status quo. And the status quo is so small. The status quo is just do what you do, participate in capitalism, shut the fuck up, doom scroll for four to six hours, go to sleep, wake up, get your caffeine, repeat, and do not think about anything else. Do not have feelings. Those are bad. Do not have thoughts unless you're just going to share them on TikTok. Do not do anything outside of the status quo that gets tinier tinier and tinier and tinier and tinier and tinier or you'll be called crazy. And I say, fuck that noise. So I want to feed my personal department of delusion And I'm like, is this too long? I'm like, fuck it. If you're here, you're here. If you're listening, you're listening. If you gave up, you gave up. Great. The Department of Delusion is just a tiny department of my personal existence that is given to, that's fucking crazy, and I love it. To say, so... Mom is dying, I'm going to see Bruce six times so that I'm restored, refilled, and have access to joy in my work and in my life. It's fucking crazy, right? The, the status quo is you go full martyr, you move in with mom, you make your whole life about mom. You, that will kill me, I promise you. I promise you that that will, that will kill me, regardless of whether or not she survives. My soul will not make it. I can't go into the next X years of martyrdom. I can't do it. It's not delusional for me to say I can't fucking do that. I'm saying I'm going to be there when I can. And I'm going to be there as joyfully as I can. That's the important part. It's not presence. It's a joyful presence. It's not I'm afraid of you. It's beautiful. So the Department of Delusion is the one thing. And the other thing is that I want to play with unleashing your inner bad girl. And what I mean by that is I've been doing a ton of work um, completely privately. And one of the beautiful things that I've seen um, with Lit, with The Gathering, in my own experiences, uh, is there's a thing that Kasha Urbaniak made up called the "bad girl protocol," and it's just repeating the phrase, "If I were a bad girl, I would," for two to four minutes. And it's not about bad, like breaking the law. There, are, you can't see me doing heavy air quotes. It's simply about if I were bad, I would break my own rules. And we all have different rules for ourselves that that govern us, right? So it's just, if I broke my own rules, I would blah. And I would blah, and I would blah, and I would blah, and I would blah. It is one of the most life-giving, vitality-infusing, beautiful, magical, gorgeous things that I witnessed, that I have ever witnessed. And I want to make a space, a container, a buffet of choices to help women unleash their bad girls. And I think the difference between doing this as a business coach, heavy air quotes, uh, because I do so much more than business and doing it without that title is that all the results are internal. The externals are a bonus, but the internal freedom is what I'm going after. With business coaching, we are inevitably tied to, but how much money did you make? That's just how it is. And if we can get outside of that, then we can use a different form of knowing and of measuring success. So effectively, I want 2023 to be beautiful and joyous internally for everyone, regardless of what's going on outside. That's where I'm going. It doesn't have any more form than that. And it's taken a long time to get that much form. So this is not a secret teaser spoiler for buy my shit. That'll be coming. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's a, (laughs) I'll tell you, but at this point, I can speak to if something in you is ready for something completely new, is ready to go outside of where you normally exist, is ready to align your interiors with your exteriors for real, for real, and to keep it that way for the rest of your life. To be fully aligned, fully congruent, fully authentic, fully true to you first and everyone else second. Then keep an eye out. And finally, because um, when faced with really horrific news of any kind, whether personal or global. The first question that I always have is like, what can I do? How can I help? And if I can't help, if this is just like lost cause, we're all fucked. It's really hard for me to integrate and digest that information. So if I were listening to a person that I loved via podcast, tell me, this news, my first question would be, How could I help? And the truth is, you can't help with mom. Um, that's and that's not necessary. But as I shape 2023, as it begins to come into form much more slowly than I would like, which is par, that's always how it goes, I am attempting to build a new lexicon for what it is that I do. Because for a lot of years, I've just taken, like, it doesn't have words. It's magical. It's beyond words. I don't have words for it. It's wordless. It's, I need the words. I am actively soliciting words about and for and describing my work. So if you've ever worked with me in a paid capacity, I would love to hear about how that work went at the time and how it went now and what the work did to you internally over time. Like, how is the work still affecting you? What are the words you would use for my work? If you're a podcast listener and you've never bought a thing, great. What are the words that you would use for why you keep coming back? If you've been on my email list for months or years, what are the words that you would use for our relationship and for what I do in your life? So there is absolutely zero sales happening here. I want to be very clear about that. I am asking for a clean communication that will not be followed up on with like, and have you taken a look at this? A clean communication of what are the words for what I do? And in particular, if it helps, what are the words for how listening to me, talking with me, engaging with me, doing work with me, what are the words for how they make you feel? And why do you stick around? Any, an answer to any or all of those questions is a beautiful, 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 beautiful gift to me. And it will inevitably end up filtering down and showing up in 2023 work for sure. But I need the words for what I do, for why you're here, for why you care, for why you engage for why you listen because your attention is precious why do you listen and I would love for you to send those to me via email k at or go to kristenkelp.com and hit the contact page either way it's going to go the same place k at email or when you get an email just reply to any email that is the gift that I'm asking for Let that roll around in your brain, send it, like set a little reminder to send me an email and then let me know, let me know what this is that we're doing together. Cause the more effectively I'm going like full research mode in like the more words that I have for what it is that I do and for the ways that it articulates, the closer I can get to being like, that's the thing, that's the thing that's magic about, about this work and when i have words for that thing then i can actively say oh we'll definitely be doing that magical nugget thing <laughs> cuz it always shows up the magic always shows up it's just a matter of whether or not it can be captured in words and i'm now actively saying please tell me the words com. thank you for hanging in there for this bumble May you feel permission to bumble in your own life, to not always have it together with bullet points and clear scripts of any kind. May you find ways to generate joy and aliveness and vitality in the midst of the bullshit, the nonsense, the difficult, the hard the dying. May you find art you love as much as I love the music of Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) It really is a joy. May you allow your mind and your consciousness to move beyond what's realistic, heavy air quotes, What's to find what is crazy, what is delusional, what is over the top, what is beyond, what is ridiculous, what is laughably, amazingly, stupidly, joyfully yours to do. And may you do it. May you find that the words of the critics and the naysayers, in particular the ones inside your own head, just go quiet and let you have your magic and your joy May you find that turning your attention to your own ridiculous plots <laughs> brings you a new sense of aliveness in the midst of the here and now. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to your emails, k at I look forward to revealing my 2023 plan, whatever the fuck that's going to be. <laughs> uh, and I look forward to cultivating as much joy as I possibly can in the coming year. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you soon.